0: Welcome to Stories from War Cloister, the podcast series marking the centenary of Winchester College's War Cloister. I am your host, Joe Mullineau from Winchester College Society. Today I'm joined by former Don Mike Wallace, who's going to tell the story of Valentine Braithwaite, Freddyite from 1910 to 1912.
1: Valentine Braithwaite was the son of Lieutenant-General Sir William Braithwaite. He came to Winchester from Twyford School and was in Freddy's from 1910 to 1912. He rode for his house and was a gifted racquets player and enjoyed the life of the house, both academic, sporting and social. After leaving Winchester, he worked in insurance for a very brief period. He quickly became bored of that and decided that he would join the army in his father's footsteps. He applied for a commission and was gazetted second lieutenant in the 1st Battalion of the Somerset Light Infantry. He was therefore a regular army officer, a professional soldier, unlike the vast majority of men who would fight between 1914 and 1918, who were either conscripts or volunteers. Upon Germany's invasion of Belgium on August 4th 1914, Britain declared war and therefore with the rest of the British Expeditionary Force, Valentine deployed to France with his battalion. He was very quickly in action and won a gallantry medal, the Military Cross, at the small village of Le Gers. The Military Cross was awarded to officers. The equivalent for other ranks Was the Military Medal. This was for leadership and extreme bravery in the face of the enemy. This rather old-fashioned distinction between Military Cross and Military Medal was removed after the Great War, and now all ranks, commissioned or otherwise, are awarded the MC. Shortly after receiving his MC, he was given a task as a signal officer, He was then awarded a mention in dispatches, once again for courage and bravery in the face of the enemy. Valentine was clearly a brave young officer, taking his professional responsibilities, particularly towards his men, very seriously. Now, towards the latter end of 1914, he was very ill with influenza, and early in 1915, he suffered badly frostbitten feet. He was invalided back to England and was absent from his battalion for about three months. The latter illness and affliction tells us much about the conditions under which the men served through the winter of 1415 in the rudimentary trenches, with inadequate warm clothing, sleep deprivation, and basic nutrition. Having recovered, he was then posted as fit for action and fit for deployment overseas, which happened, this time he was sent to the Dardanelles, better known to us probably as the Gallipoli Campaign. Now there he served as a staff officer, an ADC, an aide-de-camp, to his father, General Braithwaite. This smacks a little bit of nepotism, of course it does. However, staff officer duties were not for Valentine, and he quickly requested a return to action and a return to the front line. He won a second M.I.D., He resigned his staff officer appointment in early 1916 and returning to his battalion, now serving with the 4th Division, he was back in France. Now, this is the build-up towards what everybody would know as the Battle of the Somme, the actual attack going in on the 1st of July 1916. Initially, Val's battalion was in the work-up phase for what would become one of the greatest and bloodiest battles of the war, indeed of any war, the Battle of the Somme. The British army to which Valentine returned in early 1916 was very different from the British Expeditionary Force which he deployed with initially. The small professional army of 1914 was now transformed by the hundreds of thousands of Kitchener volunteers. There was little doubting their enthusiasm, but they were not career soldiers. They faced a German army of two years compulsory full-time service, followed by many, many years of reserve liability and continuous training. Even in a regular battalion like the 1st, the nature of the battalion could be felt to have changed because of the attrition rate of men who'd been killed, wounded or invalided back to the United Kingdom. Now, let us get to the 1st of July. The time is 7.30 a.m., Valentine and his platoon of men, which would be round about this time if they were up to full strength, 50 to 60 men, were part of the initial assault wave. They were positioned at the northern end of the whole assault line in an area near the village of Serres. That morning was beautiful. The sun was already out, the heat was building, and this heat would in fact intensify greatly. And one of the principal problems which faced the attacking infantry was thirst as the day wore on, and getting fresh water resupply for the attacking infantry. For complex reasons, certainly well beyond the remit of this short podcast, the British artillery bombardment had not achieved the results that they had hoped for, and much of the barbed wire and the defenders were still intact and ready to respond. Valentine and his men were due to attack a, a particular area, a strong point, or a Stellung, as the Germans always called it. It was known to the enemy, to the Germans, as the Heidenkopf, and to the British infantry as the Quadrilateral Redoubt. This involved a complex system of so called switchline trenches, alongside the usual bays, traverses, and deep galleries, capable of cover fire onto any part of the redoubt lost, temporarily or not. The Somersets, to their credit, managed to break into and hold large parts of the Haydn for most of the day. However, Valentine was posted missing by his men very quickly after the assault went in. It's thought likely that he died within 10 to 15 minutes after the initial assault. In the ebb and flow of battle, his men managed to place a very, very rudimentary marker, uh, if you wish, uh, a form of wooden cross, in the chalky soil. Where he had last been sighted. His body was never recovered, and his name appears on the massive Tiepval Memorial, unveiled in 1932 to the missing, along with 73,500 other names. And of course, his name appears on the panels of our war cloister. Upon receiving the initial news that his son was missing in action, probably killed in action, Valentine's father, General Braithwaite, was understandably grief-stricken. As time and the British front line eventually moved on, a more substantial wooden cross was placed on the spot still where he had been last sighted. Upon it was carved Val Braithwaite, 1st Battalion, Somerset Light Infantry, fell in action near this spot, 1st of July, 1916. Now let's move on. In 1918, General Braithwaite went to command nine Corps during the breaking of the Hindenburg Line. This was a glorious advance. The result was eventual victory, of course, for the Allies and particularly for the British Army. Valentine's Wooden Battlefield Cross, after the armistice, was sent back to Winchester Cathedral, where his uncle was a canon. It was placed in the undercroft of the cathedral and is mounted on one of the vaulted pillars. In early 2016, before I took a battlefield tour to the Somme, I had the privilege of going down into the Undercroft to see his cross and photograph it for the front cover of the booklet which James Webster and I wrote to accompany the tour. To return to Valentine's father, Walter Braithwaite, he, perhaps entirely understandably, embarked on a personal crusade to find his son's remains. He visited and searched the Sur area on numerous occasions between 1919 and 1921. Eventually, in 1921, he purchased an area of land nearest the former German trench system. He obtained permission to erect a private memorial to his son. Now, this was highly unusual and not endorsed by what was then the Imperial War Graves Commission, of course now the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. The decision had been taken that the dead and the missing should all be buried together in France and in Belgium. There is a further tragic element to this, because once the private memorial was erected, it was discovered that it had actually been placed on the wrong piece of land. So yet again, it had to be uprooted and placed right beside what is now known as Serre No. 2, CWGC, which is the largest cemetery on the Somme. On this stone memorial cross, the inscription, written by his mother and father, reads, God buried him, and no man knoweth his sepulchre. He was 20 years old when he died, born on Valentine's Day, 1896.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories from War Why not join us again for the next episode? We can be found on your preferred podcast app, where you can also subscribe to listen to them as soon as they're released. If you want to find out more about the old Wickhamists remembered in War they can be found at winchestercollegeatwar.com. The link is in the show notes.